0: Pivoting to Purpose. Stick around and we'll explain after this. Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the shops at Status and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404 777 hertz Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. I'm the host of the show, Derek Hayes. I'm here to introduce the star of our show, Miss Lita Brooks. Hello, Lita. Hello. Good to be here again. Absolutely. It's my favorite day of the week. It's podcast day. We also have a guest today, which we'll get to in a minute. But before we do, Lita has been working as an interior designer for over 20 years. She's incredibly talented and has since branched out and opened multiple retail stores, an online marketplace, and is now blogging and podcasting full time. If that wasn't enough, Lita is a mother of two and devotes her time to teaching others how to achieve their goals and live life to the fullest. She sums it up best in her branded hashtag, Design Your Life. We are broadcasting live today from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by the law offices of Derek M. Hayes, Injured in Georgia, make the right call to 404-777-HURT. Also sponsored by Status Market and Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, Indigo Stone Trading, and Bird Dog Boutique. I say it every time. You're a very, very busy lady. Absolutely.
1: Time is not something I have very much of.
0: No, it's not. And speaking of time, we're always limited when it comes to the podcast, and we do have a guest today. Yes. So without wasting any time now. We have fun guests in the studio with us. Yes. You get the honor, and I'll sit back. You get the honor of introducing our guest.
1: Okay. So I must say, this is the very first show I have ever done without notes in front of me, and that is because our guest today needs no notes. She is extremely wise, extremely brilliant, and she, I'm going to let her give you all her credentials. I have the beautiful, wonderful Miss April Worley here in studio with us today. Well,
2: thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, I. I love getting to share the journey of how you come to be in your career so i started with um, corporate training and worked for dale carnegie training for 17 years and i traveled around um, teaching businesses and individuals how to lead better with communication skills public speaking and um, building relationships.
1: So, pause on that. Sure. The Dale Carnegie training mm-hmm. is that for speaking, for public speak. Derek knew what that was, so and I, I really don't. A
2: lot of times, people think it's for public speaking, and certainly we taught that. Um, but it's leadership in general. There's a okay. lot so a much broader net than just public speaking. But it's what many people associate with Dale Carnegie training. Okay. And so,
0: Dale Carnegie is a certified program, isn't it? Yes, it is. We'll tell about the certification. What what exactly is that?
2: Well, to become a Dale Carnegie instructor, you train for two years. Um, you actually have trained um, for... We, we would say 400 hours before you would get in front of a paying customer. Uh, but my journey was pretty unique to get there. So my mom was a Dale Carnegie instructor.
1: Oh, wow. And so
2: when I was 14 years old, I took my first Dale Carnegie class. Wow. <laughs> um, prior to that, my mom would practice as she was becoming an instructor. She would line my baby dolls up on the couch <laughs> and teach us. So then when we flipped the script and I began to do the certification and get ready to be a trainer, I would train my mom and my basset hound Ah, and my mutt, and so they became my students and my um, clients. But it was a lot of fun, and it's been a neat family tradition, too.
0: Well, on a side note real quick, for those of you that don't know, I am an attorney, and so I've practiced my opening statements and my closing arguments before. Kind of, sort of, like that. Well. Uh, it's, it's helpful.
2: I have so enjoyed over the years getting to train
0: attorneys and getting to work with people in the
2: legal profession because it's not just what you say, it's how you say it and, and getting some of that, that piece mixed in. Exactly.
0: Being engaging.
2: It, it is so important. Yeah. All right. So we,
1: the last two shows, so if you go back, if you've missed a couple of shows on the podcast, the last two shows have been very relevant to me personally, which is I mm-hmm. always talk about myself, always put myself in the hot seat here on the show because I closed one of my retail stores, and we talked, I think the first show was more about the update, really letting everyone know. We had gone on a hiatus, a podcast hiatus, just to get all this done, to physically close the store, to open the new store. I mean, there was just a lot with my businesses going on. And we talked, we unpacked a little bit, but in the last show, we really dug deep into the emotional component that I did not anticipate that Mm -hmm. would come with closing a business. So I really feel like today is the perfect show to have you on with all your business expertise. We've talked a little bit about this uh, off air and bringing you on, uh, but there's something that we talked about. All right, I'm gonna dig into the topic here. Okay, so. I don't feel like there is any content out there because I looked for it to tell an entrepreneur or a business owner what is going to happen, how you're going to feel rather when something closes, right? Mm -hmm. You use that cliche, when one door closes, one door opens. Let's dig into right now, that's me. I've Mm -hmm. had to close a door physically. I had to close one of my stores. I poured my heart and soul into it. I had 70 vendors, a big staff. And, yes, there's new doors opening. I podcast. I blog. I've got interior design projects coming out of my ears. But I'm feeling really, really stuck. Sure. And you used the word to me, pivot. Mm. And you said, this is all about a pivot. And it just the light bulb went off. And I said, don't say another word. We're going to unpack this on the show. Yes. Welcome to the show. Okay? <laughs> so you're here. And I just... because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening Mm -hmm. and let's say your business is thriving right now this may come to you, right? Mm-hmm. We're in challenging times right now with the economy. Uh, let's say you're struggling to get a business off the ground and you need to pivot with a business that you have. That word can can hit on so many different levels. Derek, your law firm has had to pivot, Yes. right? You were a partner in a firm and had to make a pivot and went out on your own. Mm-hmm. So everybody at this table can understand that word. And the
0: courts were closed for 122 days. Now, and what do you do as, as an, an attorney, attorney, that's one of the most important things is being in a courtroom. Well, right. and you know,
2: I just went through such an interesting season everyone did with COVID and being in your home and all of that. But I did not realize how much I come alive when I'm in front of a live audience. Right, It's it's far different. (laughs) I was trying to pivot to online training and um, I got the certification. I learned how to do it. I did not enjoy it. There was nothing. It it did not. It did not make me feel um, excited at the end of the day. It's important training and we need people to do it. I just had to accept that that's not me. And um, so what do you do? It was a pivot for me. So I I can sit right in the seat and know uh, that it's hard when you have to make a shift. So my question, using that word,
1: we wrote some business goals on Mm -hmm. the last show because I've been very stuck, very Mm -hmm. stuck creatively. Having to close that door was very heavy. It was very sad, possibly a layer of depression Mm -hmm. sort of sitting in there and pivoting to say, okay, that chapter closed how do I open that new door because sure. I don't feel very
2: creative I'm, I'm still really stuck in the heaviness sure well you know one of the things that I don't think we do well in this culture um, is that we we try to keep it, it's like we have this work-life balance that's a word that's used all the time and I think one of the things that we have to to recognize is that business is personal and um to give you an example of that i get evaluated at the end of giving speeches or at the end of giving uh, a training and if i get 300 positive evaluations but one negative one where do i tend to go
0: of course because wow. that's that's yes, where you, absolutely because
2: it's like wait a minute how did they not see my value how did they right. not understand and and sometimes what someone said to me april it's just don't take it personally and this something came up inside of me and i'm like wait a minute I'm away from my family. I'm investing my time. I don't just come to work from nine to five and call it a day. It is personal. Our time is personal. And I think when you say I'm feeling down, I'm feeling depressed, I would just first commend you because it's important to acknowledge that is real. And the second thing I would say is that it is personal. And when we can acknowledge that, then it allows us to say, okay, what's best for me next? I get that. And I don't I didn't
1: anticipate the personal. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good explanation that I'm being a business owner, being very type A, owning multiple businesses. It's very compartmentalized for Mm -hmm. me. And I thought, okay, here we go. We're not re-signing the lease. We're going to shut the doors on here. We're going to look for a new place. That's all very business. That's problem solving. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say the emotional component that when you're compart when you're problem solving there's not an emotional component to it you're solving problems and you're going from point a to point b and i think now that it's closed and we solved all the problems Mm -hmm. and we
2: had the movers and you know we've done all these things now what well how do i pivot you know one of the things i think we have to really look at is that who you are and what you do are not the same thing and so when i work with a corporation and we're working on their values It is very easy for people to separate, okay, my values for the company are this and my personal values are this. When you're a business owner and you're the entrepreneur, your values are mixed all throughout that business. There's no way to separate the two because it's how you built it. And I think it's really important to remember those same values that you built this business on are going to launch you to whatever the next phase looks like, because it's who you are. Um, But it gets really tricky when you are the owner, when you are the entrepreneur, that that It's easy to marry them up. I had a real hard time. You know, I would have to do a social media post and let the
1: community know. I still have not been able to go back and read those comments Mm -hmm. because they were wonderful. Mm -hmm. It it hurts because my work product, they loved my store. I used to say all the time it had such a pulse. But that was me. Mm -hmm. That was my light and love and everything that I brought to it. Um, So everybody, oh, we're going to miss you. Oh, I hope you reopen. Oh, that was my favorite store. That's amazing.
2: But it still hurts. Well, it hurts so good, right? (laughs) It's the song.
0: And I'll say as your person, I, I know that there was a disappointment, obviously, that you felt in closing the doors. But you also felt the disappointment as in you thought you'd let others down when you closed the doors because so many people had so many wonderful things to say about you personally and your store. We're gonna miss you, we're gonna Mm -hmm. miss your store. And you felt as though you were letting them down.
1: I was letting Mm -hmm. my staff down and letting them go. I was letting 70 vendors, I had a vendor mall. Mm -hmm. Um, My seamstress, she rented space for me for six and a half years. I mean, there were a lot of people weighing on this decision. Now, everybody has found new homes. You know, I kept sorta downplaying it and saying it's just a retail store. You know, there's a million of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, these big department stores are closing. I mean, Mm -hmm. people have to find new jobs. But it's still, I'm, I'm coming out of it and yes, there's some, it's like, I see the light, but I just can't get to it. I, I can't open that new door for some reason. I haven't been able to make that pivot
2: yet. Well, let's circle back on that. Okay. So values, again, it's who you are, it's what you do. So when people make comments about that, it, it is easy to take that as a personal attack. This did not work the way that I wanted it to. What And in your case, it had very little to do with your ability to run a business. And so when you look at how this moves forward, those are skills you take with you. But the value that I just heard from you is that you're dependable, that you're loyal, because you're wanting to make sure that those employees are taken care of, that those vendors are taken care of. And uh, that's why people are sad when a business closes. See, she's my favorite.
1: (laughs) But I'm sitting here taking notes. I hope everyone listening is. It's just because the light bulbs are going off. Yes. Yes. All these things that are making me
2: sad are fundamentally what made that business great. And- and it's, it's easy to get bogged down in the negative and what isn't. Um, and I, I, when I coach individuals in business, I often talk about speed bumps. And, you know, when you hit a speed bump, it can be a stopping point where it stops you. And sometimes speed bumps around where I live, it's like, it, it's intended to pop my tires. I think, <laughs> Right. And that can be the experience in business. But the other thing that it can do is it can launch you forward. And um, I would think of anyone who's going through a pivot because most businesses are right now so looking at okay this is this is a speed bump and it may be a launching pad for whatever it was supposed to be next absolutely
0: and the reality is a business owner and of course we're all business owners here at the table you never leave it Mm -mm. it's 24 hours a day seven days a week whereas an employee in that position you'll go clock in and you'll do your job and sometimes you'll take some work home but it's not with you Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. I, I you was, begin to identify yourself through your business.
2: I was doing some writing about comparison traps and how we tend to measure up against other people in that recently, and it it is so true that you're constantly thinking about how what is how does this mirror with someone else, um, and it's
0: it's tricky, it's tricky territory. Sure, sure, and that's been part of what's going on there. Okay. Well, ladies, I tell you what, we're at a perfect spot to take a quick break. Let's do that, and we'll be right back and continue the discussion.
1: Hey, hey, Lita here, popping in real quick. Are you interested in changing your space and have no idea where to begin? Do you have a real trouble spot in your home and you are at a loss for what to do? don't fret or fear. Even though I'm located in Georgia, we can still do a virtual design consultation. I have helped hundreds of people this way. Here's what you do. Go to my website, www.statuslifewithlita.com and click virtual consults. You can look at the different packages and pricing and even book time with me right from the website. We can put together a color palette, decide on which furniture stays or goes, or even pull together a mood board for your home accents and furniture that might be needed to complete your space. I book time, not by the room. You could essentially have me to consult on your whole home. Again, go to my website, www.statuslifewithlita.com, and click Virtual consults.
0: Book away! Well, let's step back into the discussion. And I know, April, there was one other thing you wanted to mention before we go to the next topic.
2: Well, I was teaching a class years ago, so I was asked to teach a women's academy. And it's funny to me now, it was a pivot in my personal life because I got the phone call, um, April, would you teach a women's academy? And I kind—I was like, why do we need a women's academy? Like, <laughs> I teach communications and relationships. Like, We all need to learn that. Why do we need to separate it out? And it blew my mind to meet the women. After all my hesitation, I ended up teaching the class many times. Um that women put some unique pressure on themselves in business but there was one lady that really stood out to me so I was doing one of the sessions on vision development and crafting where do you go next and um this was a a large group of physicians who were in the room and one of the ladies at the end of the session she just kept sitting in her chair and she was crying and I said I walked over and I said what's going on and she said this this she was 28 years old had already had research published was a medical doctor and i said you know what, what's challenging you here and she said i don't know what's next and i'm looking at her i'm like how about rest Like, <laughs> you, you've done something pretty amazing in your life like you're young chill out and for her it was always chasing the next thing and she'd come off this high of chasing a dream of becoming a medical doctor then she chased another and researched at a very high level and I think it's important sometimes when we go through a transition and a pivot to rest and to give our heart and our mind some time to, to find that creativity again and to really move the next time on purpose. Um, I mean, are you saying this because you see this in me? Because I'm literally looking at you and I could cry right now. And I will say
0: I've heard her say oh, every single thing goodness. you just mentioned.
2: Well, you know, if you think personally, when someone passes, we give time for grief. Mm-hmm. When a marriage fails, we look at someone and we, are, we we grieve with them. But when you pour your heart and your soul and your life into a business, I'm not sure that we give people the same freedom for all the feelings that come with that. Sure, which was the eye-opening part,
1: that they are there Mm -hmm. and they are real and I can't be the only one who's pivoting my business and having to close some pretty major doors and feeling this,
2: that again, it was just this whole new concept for me. And wouldn't it be fun in five years to look back and see how you are feeling now and where it, where it, that launch, where did it launch you? Well, we've podcasted about it and they live forever. So (laughs) So we will will be able
1: to go back. And I take my listeners on this journey with me and the feedback has been, you know, a, you're so open, you're so honest and B, I'm going through the same thing. So I keep pushing forward and I keep talking about all my stories because I know this is hitting so many people. So it's, it's really important. But I, I, I mean, I just can't believe you just said that. I just wrote down rest and underlined it three times because I, I feel like that's what I'm craving. I feel like I'm craving mm-hmm. just some downtime. We just planned a beach trip and I can't get there fast
2: enough just to sit, you know, just to relax, like just to... Well, to breathe. One of my, I actually have a friend who coaches me. So I think it's very important for a coach to have a coach. And she was, I was asking her about my creativity because I was feeling very stuck. And she said to me, April, creativity is not a dependable dog, meaning it doesn't come when it's called. And I thought that was really important to remember that just because you're like, oh, today I'm going to be creative and Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about my next business launch or where I go next. That's not how creativity arrives. I bet your beach trip is the most important business decision you'll make this year. And I'll think, and I can
1: get... And it needs to be longer than that. I Mm -hmm. don't think the rest is going to be the four
2: days, but it's something. But it may be the rest you need to go to a deeper level of rest so that you begin to re-energize and then can rest day-to-day as well. So
1: this is real. I'm going to dig in a little Mm -hmm. more personal here. Derek's in this with me. We are supposed to get married in six weeks. Less than that now. Five and a half weeks. Yes. And... Coming off of this business, coming off of the sadness, mm-hmm. I have not been creatively, my my creative juices are not flowing to plan this wedding. You need flowers and you need gifts and not for me, but for other people, you know, you need all of these things. We need music and we need what we're going to eat and drink and It's just absolutely flat. This is supposed to be the most wonderful night of my life. I am blessed. I I get to have this night again. This is a second marriage. You know, we're blended, blending. And it's been very, very, very difficult. I am five weeks to a wedding. I don't have the first flower. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what the men are going to wear. I don't have an officiant. I don't have a cake and my bridesmaids are about to pull my hair out and they're sending me all these things and it's that flat feeling because i'm not feeling creative that i
2: I can't call that dog it's not working well first of all i get excited when you say that because i'm like well then you're getting married for the right reasons right it's not about the flowers and that it's not
1: (laughs) it's truly not this is not about derek and i love of my life it is wonderful um i will say just jumping ahead and, and i want you to finish answering we have since postponed the wedding. Mm-hmm. We did have another curveball. My dad has gotten very sick, and he's supposed to walk me down the aisle. And he's in the hospital, and he will not be walking. So that gives me—it was—it's not at my dad's health expense. Is not the blessing,
2: uh, you know. I would push forward in five and a half weeks, but now we have three more months. Well. And I think, too, when you think about that dependable dog, right, and the creativity coming, the creativity, it'll get there. Uh, you'll get married. And it doesn't matter what the flowers or the officiant, All of those things will come to pass. But when I'm sitting here listening to you in, in this short time that we're having a conversation, I'm going, no wonder you're not creative, right? This is yes, a lot going on. Right? And I think that that's one of the things, too. We 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 give a lot of power to people who are able to multitask. And you couldn't be better at that, right? Listen to what all is going on. At the same time, creativity is challenged in multitasking. And so again, that rest may give you exactly what you need for taking a step back. And I think most of us need to take a step back and rest. I have hired an assistant to help mm-hmm. with the design projects to
1: sort of take some of that off my plate. And, you know, my dad getting sick really let us look at some alternative dates for the wedding. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful for the time. You know, I, I
2: I really am. Well, there's a symbol that I'd love to to tell you that I value a lot and it's just the and um and and when you're closing a business and you're looking at what's next when you're postponing a wedding and you're valuing the marriage it is okay for celebration and sadness to exist at the same time it is okay for joy and pain to be there at the exact same time but that and think a lot of times we want it to be all one or all the other and I think it's so important to value that it's never gonna be it has to be both so it could be um, a blessing that you have to postpone the wedding and a curveball yeah and it's also as you're looking at your business it is hard to close the business and it's exciting about what's next right I love that (laughs) and and (laughs) And
0: we have you Go ahead. What? Uh, no, you look like you had something you were about to say. I was so. just
1: pointing at you because I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Uh, so if well, you want to. Well, that's why I was trying first, to pivot to something else. <laughs> I think I left
0: something in the car. <laughs> no, I'll be back. he always mm.
1: says that. I, can, I will put Derek in the hot seat on the yeah, podcast. Well. Mm. But you're in this too. Yes, and of this has been my business closing, even though you're, you're right beside me every step of the way. And I know that. And it's why I love you so much. How, how are you with all this?
0: And, <laughs> yes, I, well... It,
1: it Tell our uh, listeners. They want to know what Derek thinks.
0: So, well, part of the reason why we were going to do a wedding here, if you're talking about this, this aspect of it, is I'm very traditional, as you know, and I wanted her parents to be there and be part of the wedding. Mm-hmm. My parents are no longer with us, and it was important to me for them to celebrate this with us, as well as our four kids between us. And so the idea of going off to a tropical destination, just the two of us, and getting married... And then coming back and saying, hey, we're married. Mm -hmm. It it crossed our mind, but I I didn't want that. I wanted the traditional side of things. So finding out that her dad will not be able to walk her down the aisle and potentially even not even be able to be there, he may still be in a hospital, it's easier to accept that and pivot to the other date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, I I just want to be married. She knows that. I say it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I understand, and you know, there are blessings in everything. There's some blessing in this that we haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. And there's the religious aspect for me and for us that, that we think of things in terms of, well, it's God's plan. There's something mm-hmm. there that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do say that, that uh, I'm fine with it because of the circumstances. I didn't want to, and I mm-hmm. don't think she necessarily did either. But it, it uh, is, is something that now is a necessary twist and turn in plans.
2: Speed bump. Yeah, there you go. Speed bump. It's a little
1: speed bump. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. I'm going to switch gears to one of the most amazing things that you do. And this is where I got to know you a Mm -hmm. little bit was through your nonprofit called Lydia's Place. And I have to be honest. I don't think I really understood or grasped the need that you were Mm -hmm. serving Until we went to that gala. Mm -hmm. Is it gala or gala? Gala. Everybody says it different. I know, right? (laughs) Gala. And, you know, we get invited to this event uh, through friends and family Mm -hmm. of yours. I'm like, yeah, that'll be fun. Night out. But didn't really have my teeth sunk into what this nonprofit was about. This is your nonprofit. Lydia was your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell everyone, you know, where this started.
2: What Lydia's Place is and the need that it serves for the young people out there. Sure. Well, first of all, I'll talk about the ultimate pivot. I'm a corporate trainer. I'm a speaker. So starting a nonprofit um, and not being a social worker was a huge pivot. <laughs> and maybe maybe I was the least qualified in the room, um, but I think that God can use that. And so I um, was giving a speech for kids aging out of foster care. And on average, four hundred young adults age out of foster care every year in Georgia. Pause for a
0: second. Think about that. That's a lot. I don't mean to interrupt, but when you said that number, four hundred kids.
1: I think you're used to that number. That's you know, that's your number that you're serving and you're helping, but we're swallowing that. I didn't even realize kids age out of foster care. Like to me, Mm -hmm. everyone gets adopted. I don't know what planet I live on. Mm -hmm. But hearing their stories, again, me being at the the gala, It's amazing to me that there are 400 kids that are not going to be adopted. And the day they turn 18, there's nothing. They never had a family
2: or support. And so I walked into this speech that I was giving for these 400 kids that year, so reluctant, like, you know, I have to go. It was not a paid event. I I had another paid opportunity that day. And I'm like, come on, I messed up. Like, I should have gone with the other opportunity. (laughs) Had no idea that these kids would absolutely wreck me. Um, And so in order for anyone to age out of foster care in their file, they have to have something for their vision. Like, where are you going to go in your life? And so that's why I was there as a speaker. And I learned something about these kids. So 70% of them identify that they would like to go to college. Less than 3% graduate. From high school? From college. Okay. That's a staggering. So
0: 70% want to go and less than 3% actually do. or, Or get through it.
2: Absolutely. And so I came up with. Like this bothers me, and when you talk about rest, I just want to go back there for a minute. Okay, um, for ten years, I knew this was a problem. I had seen the faces of the kids, and I did not one thing about it. Nothing. And then I had a baby. Well, you
1: were in a corporate job, but exactly, I mean, you did. It's <laughs> yeah. not like you were sitting at home thinking about it. You're you know? looking at me saying, "But
2: you should rest." I'm looking yeah. at you saying, "But you had other things going on <laughs> right, too." Right. It's easier. It, said correct. Than done. It's yes. So with that said. Um, Fast forward, and I end up teaching another class on vision development. This man corners me, and he's like, so April, you know, like, what's your vision? And I'm going, dude, I get a pass. I'm the trainer. (laughs) And and he says, no, really. And I said, well, someday I'll help with foster care. And I had no idea what this would become. So I had a dream that I would create a ranch-style environment where kids could come and work and live amongst each other in um, not necessarily the 18-year-olds. I was really looking more for, like, the Mm 14-year-olds. And you talk about a pivot. How many times I was told no? No. Can't do that. No. And one night I got the final ultimate no from the head person who would ever put these children in my care. And I walked out that night, I looked up at the moon and I said to God, I was like, I told you I would help, which is kind of funny. Like you yeah. needed my help. Yeah. This, right? yeah. And I said, I'm here. And I said, you know. so like, I'm out. They told me no. Right. And, he, and anyway, um, I said, but I'm available. And I think that's some good advice for it's anyone true. thinking about season of life, where you are. So I said, I'm available. And that night, $5,000 came through. Uh, to cover the legal fees to start Lydia's Place. I called the lady and I was like, listen, I can't do it because I don't have anybody to help. They told me no. She said, when God gives you money, you say thank you and amen. Mm -hmm. And so it was a pivot. (laughs) Sure. So we went to work. So today um, we serve kids who've aged out of foster care. We have 20 bedrooms around Athens where we can house these young adults and we help them find their way to independence through education and their career. And um, yeah, and you'd like to say that everybody has a happy ending. Um, The truth is we're dealing with people who have experienced severe trauma in their life. Mm -hmm. And the road is messy and it's hard. And um, yet it's beautiful. So it's that and. It's beautiful. I would
1: think it's some, in some situations, you have a lot, a lot of beds, a lot that you're caring for that even in situations they want help, but maybe Mm -hmm. they
2: don't even know how to accept it. Right? I'm sure you are faced with that sometimes. I had one of the most powerful experiences with that recently. I was sitting in a high school meeting. So you think about high school kids who are living independently. And there was a girl that I'm working with, and she had never seen anybody graduate. No one in her family had ever graduated. And so she was kind of self-sabotaging, if you will. And I, we had this hard conversation. It was ugly and yeah. <laughs> beautiful, right? Yeah. And she, when I pushed her and I said, what, what's going on here? she she truly didn't know what was at stake with getting her degree she's graduated since so i'm really excited oh, about that's that great. so we're always about celebrating graduations but but it was an interesting thing for me that we are conditioned to even know what's the next normal step and what if you never heard that what mm-hmm. if you never saw that that's unbelievable well, we have time
0: for one quick story if you don't mind i'd love for you to tell the story about the uh girl you discussed in the, the speech at the gala about the one that you saw in a parking lot i think it was a walmart mm. or a grocery store mm-hmm. and you approached and and if you would just tell us a quick sure. story
2: so i can say her name because she is um a great success story and happy to share her story so caitlin is a girl who i met um so we typically get referrals through the college or through the high school. And the college called she was attending um, Athens Technical College, and said that we have a girl who's living in her car. And so typically, how I would handle that is I'd meet them at the grocery store, I would give them a certain amount of money to go in and spend. And really, what I'm doing is looking at what are they buying? So are they buying, you know, necessities or they you know, and so she was buying all the things that triggered me to know she had true need. And um, so I met with her at that time. I'm hanging out in the parking lot it's really a way to build trust because i'm not Uh asking you to fill out a form i'm just saying get the groceries that you need and then typically they'll hang out with me after i've done that and so i'm asking her questions and i'm learning just how hard life has been on her um at that time i i joked about it i think i even said this at the gala if you were to line up the kids who we serve and i would have said she was probably not going to be successful um i also didn't have a place to put her Uh so i'm having to have really hard conversations about where to park her car the most safely uh-huh. Uh, because we didn't have bedrooms then. Again,
0: she's living in her car and mm-hmm. she's, what, 18? Mm-hmm.
2: And um, so time goes by. I help find her an apartment. We get her the things that she needs. She gets um, through school. Um, she gets graduates, gets promoted twice, um, actually had applied to be a homeowner through Habitat for Humanity. And pre-covid she was accepted into their program post-covid they reevaluated her file and she makes too much money now oh, oh wow. my gosh! Yeah, i'll take that problem right, right. Wow. i'll take that <laughs> so it shows what can happen when you give someone a hand up not a handout mm-hmm. sure so we're helping them so the kids that we're serving they don't just get to live with us they have to go through a program where they're learning budgeting they're learning about the things that parents often are the ones to teach how do you buy insurance mm-hmm. The, what are the major decisions that you need to make in life? So we're, we're saying you, get your education and we'll help you with your housing, but you also have to learn some life skills along the way.
0: Sure. And as she said, the, the gala was eye-opening. It was amazing to hear those stories and the successes, mm-hmm. um, which how, how many kids are currently in the Lydia's Place program? Right so we're now?
2: currently housing 11. So we have 14 bedrooms that are open to kids because we also have to have housing liaisons and social workers on site in that. Um, And you have to think, these are people who maybe didn't have a lot of conflict resolution growing up. Sure, sure. And so we have to look at who can we room together. And so we typically can't be at full capacity. I'd love to be. I understand. So it depends on who can live together. What girls do we have? What boys? And so we're currently housing 11 right now.
1: That's wonderful. I know. But again, it's just a need that... I had no idea was there. You know one of so the neatest I'm things just,
2: is I'm the love it. I'm the least qualified person in the room. I'm a mom who said I think I'd like to enter into this. Yeah. It was a pivot and pivots can be beautiful. And they can be. And just
1: kudos to you for what Lydia's place is now. I know we all live towards the Athens area and if you, everybody knows Lydia's place. It's just you It's it's huge. Uh, And I own a retail store and a lot of people will come in and I have a lady. Oh, I paint furniture for Lydia's place or oh, "Oh, I'm donating this to Lydia's place or Oh, Lydia's place having their big sale today. (laughs) I mean, I probably hear about Lydia's place at least twice a week just in the community. And that's kudos to you for what you have built it servicing a need just for these young people we have been so blessed absolutely you are i want to turn it over to you to tell everyone listening how they can find you on social
2: media how they can find lydia's place just tell give give the overview of how to reach april sure well if you'd like to meet reach me for corporate training coaching or keynote speaking um, it's aprilfarlow.com and if you would like to reach out to us regarding Lydia's Place, you can go to www.lydias-place.com. Um, and would love for you to be involved in any way that you would like. I love that. You know, Lydia's Place they... is in the Bible. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. and I, actually, we actually, the sermon this last week I discussed know, Lydia's Place. It was interesting. Yeah, we we both were kind of nudging each other as he was talking about such (laughs) a gift that I was able to honor my grandmother's name and the biblical reference all in the same name. Yes, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, what a gift you are to others.
1: I know, and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for for allowing me to share. Yes, absolutely.
0: It's very important that people that uh, have the opportunity to reach out and help that they do. Mm. Um, And Lydia's place is an absolute perfect opportunity to, to to help and donate and do whatever they can to. Continue your mission, an amazing mission.
2: Thank you so much. There we go. Uh, I was waiting for the applause <laughs> line.
0: <and laughs> well, thank you, everyone, again, very much for joining us on Status Life with Lita. But before I close, I do want to give Lita the opportunity to tell how to reach her.
1: You almost forgot. Yeah, I
0: did. <laughs> Woo, that would have been a tough night <laughs> no, at home it tonight. Was. No, and
1: <laughs> joking. All right. My handle, Status Life with Lita. That's the name of the podcast, the blog, the website. That's also my email address, Status with Lita at gmail.com. If you have any questions, podcast topics, uh, if you want to just dig in and tell me your story, if you're going through something similar and closing a business and needing to pivot, I am here for you. Same on Instagram and Facebook Status Life with Lita is the easiest way to find me.
0: And forgive me. I did No, almost. stop. <laughs> well, I'll start over again. Thank you again very much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by the law offices of Derek M. Hayes, Status Market and Design, Indigo Stone Trading, and Bird Dog Boutique. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming shows. This program and all other shows are available on your favorite podcast apps. You can always enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you're listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.